Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. All-time record heat waves, mega droughts, and record large wildfires, flash floods from incredible rain, often come with climate change fingerprints all over them. Is there anything we can do? Pattern is a social and streaming media brand with a mission to explore, inform, and engage in earth-changing patterns. Allie Van Fleet, meteorologist and climate science producer at the Weather Channel, is here today to tell us more about Pattern and share her personal experience with several historic climate-fueled weather events. Allie, thank you for joining us on the Weather Geeks podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a, I'm a fan. Oh, well, well, we'll, we'll take that. And uh, <laughs> I'm glad we have you on. And by the way, let me say that pattern is spelled in this case, P-A-T-T-R-N. Uh, so there it does not have an E and I'm sure we can get some explanation from Allie on the origin <laughs> of that. But before we do that, I have to ask you the question that I ask every Weather Geeks guest. How'd you become a Weather Geek? <laughs> well, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, uh, right outside of it. So had a lot of extreme weather growing up, especially tornadoes. And I've just always been very curious about it. And my favorite movie growing up was Twister, obviously. And I think I was so, I was terrified of them, but I wanted to learn as much as I could uh, because I thought in my head that would, you know, prepare me for it. You know, you want to know as much as you can about something that you're terrified of, or at least I do. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I started and got into, went to college for it. So that's loved it. It was awesome. Yeah. Very typical story that we all have. I think, <laughs> you know, it's interesting, the imprint that the movie Twister has on so many people in our field. I, I, I hear it quite often in, in these discussions on the podcast. Let me give you a little bit of Allie's background before we dive into a discussion of pattern. She has a BS in environmental geosciences and minor in atmospheric sciences from Texas A&M University. She was a co-investigator of the Texas 2036 Bicentennial Extreme Weather Climate Assessment, where she worked with a state climatologist, which well, I believe that's still John Nielsen Yammon. I'm not sure. Yes, Dr. Uh, MG. Oh, I know him well. Uh, she was a TV meteorologist at KTVL News 10 in Medford, Oregon, and she's now a climate science producer for Pattern. Before we get to Pattern, tell us about your meteorological journey in the workforce, because clearly you've done a lot of interesting things. So how did you kind of evolve to get to the point that you're now at the Weather Channel working with Pattern? I just feel like I've been really lucky um, or dumb luck, whichever one you want to whichever one you want to pick. But I interned when I was in college at a station a uh, new station in Nashville. And I really liked it. I've always enjoyed science communication and just communicating with audiences. Um, and upon graduation, I was offered a job as a morning meteorologist at a really small town in Medford. And I was like, oh, it's, you know, completely different part of the country that I'd grown up in. Might as well uh, uh, just go. And while I was there, um, really, it was, I, you know, whenever you're in Texas, or at least where I was, um, we kind of touched on mountain meteorology, which is a whole different beast than, uh, than what I, the meteorology I was used to in Texas. But 
so I had to learn about that, how that can in, you know, impact microclimates and uh, just your daily weather. And um, that was really interesting. And of course, whenever you move to the West Coast, you have a whole other slew of issues that you're dealing with as far as drought. And uh, we had wildfires, which I had never experienced before. And while I was there, uh, we had the Labor Day fires that came through, the 2020 Labor Day fires. And we had um, one of those fires was the Almeda fire. And that came through and destroyed two surrounding towns and got to the outside of Medford uh, about a mile or two away from where I was living. So we had to evacuate, you know, you see flames, you see smoke, and then seeing the impact that that had on communities uh, even today, like for a couple couple of years later, that really struck me. And um, just kind of seeing how climate uh, impacts or it kind of exacerbates issues that are already in the community and just kind of worsens, worsens, worsens those impacts or worsens those, uh, those issues or brings them to light, I should say. And um, soon after that, we had the uh, famous June heat dome. And where I was at, uh, one of the places I was at, we didn't have, it was just a window unit. And temperatures in that area got up to 117. And wow. Uh, yeah. 117. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I've experienced 117 and I've lived in Florida and Georgia most of my life. Yes. <laughs> we, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I say I grew up in Texas. I, you know, lots, I'm very familiar with triple digits, but up there, most of the viewers that were watching didn't have central heat and air. And so you have these, these people who are struggling through this, this heat wave. And it was, it wasn't just one day. It was multiple days. I just think that the 117 was just one day, but we had 110, 112. And this lasted for a pretty decent stretch of time. And uh, you saw roads buckle you saw bridges not working. It was, it was this surreal experience. Um, and of course, where I was living, you had all these people who were living in trailers, FEMA trailers from the wildfire. And some of, and again, they just had struggling window units trying to keep up with this searing heat wave. Um, and that wasn't the only heat wave we had that summer. And um, I think that really, and I've always been interested in climate. For some reason, I love, I love my weather. Um, but I, for some reason, climate clicks for me. Climate is really where my heart sings. I, I love it. I think it's, it, it really goes over, uh, almost every facet of, uh, of human life, I guess that's a good, a good way to put it, but it, it, it stretches across many different issues, many different, uh, disciplines and fields of science. It, it, I just really love it. Yeah, it's, and, the, it's the integrator. I mean, it really crosses boundaries for people in ways and very much tied to weather. I mean, I, I've always been baffled by people that sort of understand weather really well, but then sort of get some things wrong about climate. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's just, yeah, I completely agree. It's, um, but after that, I uh, saw that Pattern was hiring a climate science producer and it was the first, or the Weather Channel, and it was the first one the Weather Channel had hired. So I applied not thinking I would, I would get it at all because I grew up watching the Weather Channel and um, was like, yeah, it's, it's too early in my career. I'm not going to get this job. And I did. And it, it ended up 
working out so well. And um, now I'm here working for Pattern and doing what I love, you know. Well, let's just jump right into the obvious question for listeners, because I know what Pattern is. and (laughs) You know what Pattern is. But what is Pattern? So Pattern is, uh, we create a lot of content surrounding climate. It's just climate. And like I had mentioned earlier, um, that comes with a lot of different content because uh, it, it stretches across, again, every discipline. And you have a lot of stories that are centered around climate. Yeah. And, I, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I've, I've been around the Weather Channel for a while now, hosting the Weather Geeks TV show and podcast and doing some other things with the network. So my understanding is that Pattern started off as a social media exclusive platform and still has that significant presence. But I, I believe there's now also a TV show component as well. Tell us about how those two work together. Yes. So we started off, like you said, as uh, social media and have just kind of grown. And then we have our streaming channel. And now that there's a daily show uh, on that's uh, hosted by Jordan and Steph Abram, Jordan Steele and Stephanie Abrams. And, you know, it's, uh, sorry, I just blanked. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's a daily, it's a daily, uh, TV show. And, you know, we share a lot of our content and there's this, I just feel like there's this not craving. That's a terrible way to describe it, but there is this, uh, there's this need and there's this one, I think people want to know more about climate and they want to know what they can do because it does feel like a very helpless situation, but it's not. And I, you know, I think that, you know, we just share a lot of our content with each other and just trying to get that word out there that there's something that we all can do. Yeah, you know, I'm old enough when we're talking with Allie Van Fleet of Pattern. She's the climate science producer at Pattern uh, with the Weather Channel. I'm old enough to remember when the Weather Channel first came about, the climate change was a dirty word, (laughs) wasn't used. There were people that perhaps didn't believe it even existed or associated with the network. Now, now that's many (laughs) moons ago and completely different ownership groups and people involved now. Uh, I just say that to say that, you know, the the transition that that within the Weather Channel, I think, is representative of what we're seeing broadly in the world now. I think it's clear that climate change is is real. It's impacting our lives, our weather, sea level, economy, agriculture, energy, water supply, infrastructure, so much more. I, I think anyone that sort of is sort of saying some of those what I call zombie theories, these things that have long been refuted by the science but still live on. I just, that's a small, small minority of the population now, uh, as the seven, uh, the six America study of Yale has shown us. But you know, we know there's still pockets of it out there. Some try to politicize it. Uh, so you're not just dealing with the science and the impacts, because my sense is things are also moving to a point where we want, are now talking more about solutions and adaptation and so forth. So do you deal in that space on pattern? Yes, we we like to put out a lot of new tech. Uh, so the reason why we have so we've we've clearly seen a lot of warming happen in the last uh, couple of centuries, but we um we wouldn't see as much warming. How do I, how do I phrase this? Um, the amount of warming that we would have seen um, isn't as, basically we have seen a lot of tech come up that uh, has, you know, cars are running more efficiently and we aren't expelling as many greenhouse gases, but we still are um, clearly. 
but thankfully we are seeing tech improve and we like to do a lot of stories around that because there, there are people that are working behind the scenes that you don't see in the public eye, um, scientists, uh, tech gurus who are furiously working to try to improve our technology to help us get to the goals that we are trying to reach and that's to keep warming to a minimum. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. And we are back on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia, and I'm speaking with Allie Van Fleet of Fleet of Pattern. <laughs> I almost said your name like Fred Van Vliet, who is a basketball player with the Toronto Raptors, <laughs> ran together so quickly. You're coming on the podcast, and we're talking about sort of pattern. You know, I think we were in the last segment, Allie was talking about sort of the discussions around various technologies and so forth. And you know, I think that's where we are now. I think we've moved beyond the narrative of, is this happening? Is it going to be bad? You know, it's not a future tense thing. We're, we're living it and it's going to continue. So I am, I'm appreciative of patterns sort of focus on technology in the solution space, because, you know, there are some studies out there that, that show that when people feel engaged and understand that there's something that we can do about this, you know, they engage and they want to be a part of it. You know, so I think the narrative really is moving, trying to move at least in some circles beyond the doom and gloom. Well, it's me is, okay, all right, we got an issue here. What are we going to do about it? In the same way that we approach the pandemic, for example, what is the biggest challenge that you find in creating content for the different pattern outlets? Because you mentioned yourself that pattern is a multi-platform, multi-format outlet. Um, do these the content that you're producing, do they play well across each of those platforms or do you customize certain things for the uh, social media sites that are different from the streaming sites or the TV show? I mean, you tweak, you know, you tweak here and there um, just because some stuff plays better. You can't obviously post uh, a video that I would, that I would put on Instagram on Twitter or, uh, you know, TikTok. However, but you, you tweak it a little, but we try to keep that content pretty much the same. Uh, but you, it is funny to notice different, different audiences across different platforms because you have your younger audience that is on TikTok. Uh, you have kind of a mix on Instagram. You have the older audience on Facebook. And it's, it's interesting to see the different types of concern and the different types of responses that you get. Um, and that, that is something that I've noticed, uh, that that's tell, us probably, a little, tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, what, what are the, the younger tw- uh, TikTok crowd concerned about that the sort of Facebook, maybe TV viewership crowd, which are older and probably my generation and older. So what are, what are some of those differences across the age ranges? I think, well, what you had mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, there are small pockets of people who still are like, oh no, it's not happening. It's, it's natural. It's, you know, kind of, ex- you know, expelling the same old climate. Myths. The zombie theories that we hear yes. all the time. Yes. Because they've heard it on a, on a Twitter blog or some station. Yes. We, we, those are out there. They're, they're small, but they do exist. Grass grows naturally, by the way, but when we fertilize it, it grows differently. So we can still have an impact on natural processes. That's one of my responses that, for that one. That is a perfect 
perfect response. I love that. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, uh, or like you had mentioned, it becomes political and it shouldn't become political, but you know, it, it is what it is. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dave, one of my friends, Dave Titley, colleague, uh, he used to say the ice doesn't care whether you vote Republican or Democrat, it just melts. It, it does. That's yeah, it does melt. And um, I think that the younger audience, um, because they did, you know, in science classes, I remember learning, I'm sure they're learning about it a lot more, but in high school, we learned a little bit about climate and the climate systems. And uh, I think now, since it is much more prevalent, they're learning more about it. So they, and this is their world, you know, like we're going to inherit this. This is our, you know, this is our time. And they're at that age where they're, they're able, they want to feel like they can do something and they want to know what they can do. And they're, they're a lot more solution based and solution oriented. And I feel like, um, the younger crowd is more, like, doesn't feel as hopeless as maybe some of the older, older people do. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And, you know, I've seen that being a professor at university, I see it as well. I mean, I, I interact with students across the political spectrum, conservatives, liberals, and so forth that, that get it on climate change. <laughs> they don't, they don't self-identify their political ideology with whether climate change is happening or not. And that's, that's really an important step forward. And I, you know, it's always amazing, but, you know, some of the most important sort of steps forward on climate and environment happened under conservative administrations in the seventies with the creation for, by Richard Nixon of the EPA or uh, the Clean Air Acts and so forth. So, you know, I, you know, obviously there, you know, the political entanglement has gotten in there, you know, Upton Sinclair said it's difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends on him not understanding it. And so that's been sort of, I think we're moving away from a lot of that. But again, you do deal with pockets, which brings me to my next question for you, because as you just said, we know that there's still a small but loud minority of people that sort of have those positions. What's your feedback been on Pattern and some of the things you're covering? Has it generally been mostly positive, mixed, uh, negative? It's It's been mostly positive. There was one video that we posted on TikTok a while ago, and it was a uh, I think California, um, California is moving to phase out single or small engine, um, small engines like uh, that you see on lawn equipment. And they were looking to phase, they were looking to phase all of that out. And they had, I don't remember the exact stat, but there was a stat that all of the uh, lawn equipment or small engine, um, small engines in California released more greenhouse gases than the cars. And it was, it was some stat like that. Don't, don't quote me on that, but it was some stat like that. And, and the reason why it was, uh, we're starting to see more cars being uh, built more efficiently and they're not releasing as, as many, uh, uh, as many emissions. People just did not. Oh, that was the, I was, that was probably the, that was the video that I had the worst comments on <laughs> just people saying like, Oh yeah, just give a millennial, some avocado toast and tell them it's a fact and they'll say anything you want. <laughs> I don't even like don't, avocado toast. Don't read the comments. Don't read. <laughs> don't read the comments. But for the most part, it's actually been really good. And people are genuinely curious, I yeah, think. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm kidding in some regard. I mean, it, that, that, well, I'm not kidding in some regard. Because I think the comments can often attract the most extreme viewpoints on either side of the ledger. Uh, but there are often some use, useful ones as well. Uh, any particular challenges as as you've been in your role? What, what's been the, I mean, I know that there's some awesome parts of what you're doing, but what have been some challenges? I think sometimes, you know, sometimes you get these climate reports and they are 
really daunting. Um, Jargony, long, out of touch. (laughs) I wrote an article in Forbes about climate report fatigue because we, you know, the academic environment, which I'm a part of, they feel like you have to do a report every three years and two years, basically say the same things that we've been warning them out for a while. But then how do people like you take that and translate it? Yeah, that's definitely one of the challenges is taking that and translating it. And um, like you said, a lot of the reports come out and it's like, okay, yeah, we knew this this year. We broke a record last year. We're breaking the same record this year. Um, I think climate, like making it, making it not so mundane and kind of trying to find new angles. Um, and again, it's, it's also whenever you're on, whenever you're making content for social media, it's important to be on social media and kind of see what people are are talking about, what people are interested in and, and maybe framing it around that. But, uh, that's, you know, taking just really heavy, heavy, heavy content and making it not so depressing. And cause you don't want to overload people with so much, information because I think that's when people get bogged down and they don't want to, they don't feel like they can do, they can, they can have any, take any action. And um, like, what's the point? So that's, that's our goal to not have that. Now I was looking at your advisory board for pattern. And my, before I get to that though, why is there no E in pattern? <laughs> I'm, curious. Oh. I'm curious about that to start. So I think, I was told this, um, that they had, uh, they had planned on pattern and it had an E it was great. Good times. They, they bought merchandise. Um, cause one of my jackets has like the pattern with an E on it. Um, but then when they went to go find the domain on online, apparently it was taken. Uh, the, do- the old do- taken domain. Issue. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, that's a, that's a lesson to always check the domain first. Yeah, but, 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 I'm, I'm, but I'm, yeah, and, and, and honestly, I think it ends up having a unique brand, having that pattern without the E, but even with the E, have you heard any stories about why it's called, what you're doing is called pattern? I haven't. Um, I, I mean, I, I can tell you what I think. Okay, uh, it's just well, patterns. Let's go with it. And, and let's <laughs> leave it to the uh, listeners too. Maybe they have their thoughts too. Maybe, um, patterns of the earth, patterns of the planet yeah. and, uh, you know, just different. There's, I mean, the human, human brain is always trying to identify patterns and that's, uh, maybe that's why I'm not sure. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And I mean, I, let's go with it because it sounds reasonable to me. When we come back, we'll talk about your advisory. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we're back on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard, and I'm speaking with Ali Van Fleet of Pattern. Uh, which is a really, if you're not familiar with it, go find it out there on, on social media or on your streaming services or check out the show on the Weather Channel. I've had a chance to check it out. And I'm, I'm just really excited to see the Weather Channel move in this direction because I think broadcast meteorology as a community has in the past been a little scared to dip their toe in the climate pool. And I think the Weather Channel is now doing it. I think ownership, Byron Allen, and the leadership of the Weather Channel understand because the data and studies show that it doesn't harm your ratings. It doesn't create a negative uh, perspective uh, if you talk about it. I mean, there are people in some very 
conservative markets in this country, like Jim Gandy and Amber Sullins and John Tui Morales and others that have talked about climate change in their markets for years. And they're the leading meteorologists in their markets. And so I'm really happy to see this. Now, you have some heavy, heavy hitters on your advisory board. Uh, just some of the names, uh, Bernadette Woods-Plackey, Dr. Aaron Bernstein, Leah Thompson, Dr. Leah Thompson, Dr. Mustafa Santiago Ali, my colleague at the University of Georgia, Pam Knox, Deke Arndt at the National uh, Centers for Environmental Information or Indicator. That's, that's a, why, why is it important to have such a hefty, and I'm not talking about a low level, these are some top people in their field. Oh, yeah. Why is it important to have these external experts and scientists on your board? I, I mean, just to kind of, I think whenever you're looking at a problem or you're looking at, or not a problem, but you're looking for solutions, you want as many people from many diverse backgrounds as possible to just throw, see what, you know, throw everything to the wall, see what sticks. And I think when you have uh, the, you know, and like you said, it, they're from all over the board and these are heavy hitters. I mean, um, like, Dr. Ali has this incredible background in environmental justice. And then you also have uh, like Dr. Bernstein who looks at climate impacts on your health. And uh, of course, like Bernadette is really good at communication and she's been a long time friend with the Weather Channel and she's a meteorologist. And um, you have, you know, Derek who is into, who does climate monitoring for, for NOAA and NCEI. And then Leah Thomas, who I think represents the younger crowd um, she, and I'm a huge fan of her. If you don't know her, go check oh, her she's, out. She's super awesome. Oh, I, I love her. I agree completely. And it's just, I think. Shout out she, Leah Thompson, by the way. Yeah. But she's fascinating because, you know, she, she looked around and she was, she was in one of her classes in college and was like, there's no one here that looks like me. And then went on to just straight up write a textbook about it and write a textbook uh, called Intersectional Environmentalist. And I just having these different backgrounds, um, to really tackle different solutions, I think, because it's not going to take one, there's not one silver bullet to fix climate change. It's going to take a lot of different little things. Yeah, I agree. And, and shout out also to my colleague, Dr. Pam Knox, who um, you know, brings a really weather, climate, and even some ag agriculture. Yeah. To the board as well. Um, a look at Google search trends, and I'm looking at a, at a plot here that was prepared by our awesome Weather Geeks production team. Shout out to them as well, <laughs> doing shout outs today. Uh, I'm looking at some things here that shows an unexpected, incredibly dramatic peak search for the term climate change on April 22nd, 2022, which happened to be Earth Day. Uh, way more searches than any other Earth Day. Uh, so if you go back several years, for some reason, 2022 search in the Google Trends was much more significant than previous Earth Days. Um, is this an indication that more people are interested in or concerned about what's happening to planet Earth? Or, or, and do you I, see that in your sort of the, how people are consuming pattern? I hope so. I hope more people are becoming concerned. Well, so we don't have a plan. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say we don't have a lot of other options. <laughs> um, I'm, that's fascinating. You said it was it was uh, in the last several years. It was yeah. So this there's a trend line here that shows, say, from the last I think it's the last five years or so, and you can see the spikes associated with Earth Days in the last five years. But the one in 2022 is about five to six times greater, the peak in terms of, in terms of Google searches. And I don't, I'm wondering why that is. I, I, 
you had speechless at that. I have no idea. I, yeah, I would we, imagine. We weren't, we weren't sure either. Our production team pulled this together and we weren't sure. So, I mean, what, what, what have been some of your personal favorite stories that you've been involved with at Pattern? Are there anything that just really resonates with you? It's like, wow, that's what we should be doing. And this is really ideal for what this platform is trying to do. I think any any time that we profile um, young activists or people in just you know normal people in the community who either don't have a scientific background or or your community scientists that are trying to make a difference, uh, you know, in their own space, like in their in their like I said in their community in their space. I, I love profiling those. Those really do uh, those those resonate with me. And my, my personal favorite is probably one where I got to interview an old college professor. And um, Which professor, by the way? I bet I knew them. Uh, Dr. Andrew Dessler. Oh, yeah. Sure. Andy Dessler is amazing also. Uh, Andy <laughs> and I served on a NASA board together in recent years. So awesome. He has a really cool couple of textbooks out. I mean, books that he's written as well. Oh, yeah. I, I, I actually buy some of, the, uh, some of the updated books that he puts out just because they're just a great way to stay on top of everything. And they're he's such a good writer. And what'd, you, what'd you interview him about? Um, we, about sea level rise along Texas and how parts of the Texas coast are sinking. And that makes, um, you know, of course that's worsening sea level rise in that area, but also not worsening it. But, um, uh, then you have hurricanes that come through and you're able to push more water. Uh, we were just talking about that and that was, it was just fun to talk to him again and kind of come not really full circle, but to, to, again, interview him and just talk. So again, he's a phenomenal person and he's so fun to talk to. Yeah. I mean, Allie, where can people follow you on social? I know give, give us the pattern, social media credentials and all the platforms. And then if you have any as well, you want to share. Yes. You can find pattern, um, pretty much across. We're all at all of them. We, we come in many different flavors. Um, we're on uh, just search P A T T R N, um, with a little at symbol in front of it. And, um, like I said, we're all, we have our show every day uh, at noon on the Weather Channel Pattern Show. And uh, you can follow me, just first and last name, Allie Van Fleet, on TikTok, Instagram, you know, Facebook. I post more on TikTok, probably. Yeah, which is interestingly, you know, I'm a fairly active in social media myself, although I have not moved over to TikTok yet, but I certainly it. know that that's, I, I probably should. Um, but that's certainly an area where a certain generation is quite active. And so I'm, I'm glad to see that there's such engagement. I know that you've created a really robust uh, sort of catalog mm -hmm. of this material. Um, just in this last few minutes here, what, what words would you leave for the Weather Geeks listeners uh, about pattern as we move forward? Um, I, I, it's just, I'm going to say something that I always think about every day. Um, and it's, there's no scientific reason why we can't get out of this mess. There is absolutely no scientific reason. And that for some reason that inspires me because there's, I know that there's so many people working to solve the climate crisis and, uh, we try to cover those stories that pattern. So, uh, if you want to be inspired, you should check us out. <laughs> That's really where we have to leave it. Before we go, though, we have to acknowledge our geek of the week. We like to highlight a scientist, superstar, a great geologist, or a weather weenie at the end of every podcast. This episode's geek of the week is Neil Van Niekirk. Neil is executive director of the nonprofit Two Degree C. His team designed the Two Degree C leaf climate sensor to expand data collection to include citizen scientists in order to fill gaps and bolster the existing climate data suite. 
His most memorable weather event was a Cat 5 Hurricane Ivan in the Grand Cayman, and his favorite weather is 82 degrees in flat seas. Uh, by the way, Neil is a master scuba diver trainer and an MCA boat captain, so that certainly explains that. If you or someone you know would be a deserving candidate for our next Geek of the Week, check out our social media pages. Ali, this was really awesome. I'm glad I had a chance to meet you virtually. If not, I'm sure at some point we'll cross paths at the Weather Channel as well. But thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for joining us on the Weather Geeks podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. I Again, I'm a fan, so this is this is a dream come true. Well, you know, we, we're happy that you, uh, you feel that way. And um, thank you again for joining us. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia. And we'll see you next time. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.